time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hi, this is Lee Balkum, and you are on the Thrivology Podcast. This is the podcast to help you live a full and meaningful life, no matter what life throws your way, how to thrive regardless of what life is pumping your way. Now, now what I want to talk about today is kind of interesting, because I was at a church yesterday, and I had this uh, chance to share, and, and this is the lesson that I shared at this church. And when it was over, my wife said, you know, you really need to share that on the Thrivology Podcast. And, and up until then, I thought I was just kind of preparing preparing something uh, for that particular group, but I realized that there's some power in that. And, and what I wanted to do was to talk about this picture that you'll find on the blog. If you're not on the blog, if you're listening to this through iTunes, let me give you a kind of a mental picture. There's a shattered plate in this picture, and it's, it's shattered around. Now, this is a, a picture that's gone around the internet. It's one of those memes that has really kind of been viral and, and really caught my attention when it came through my feed on Facebook. And so what it says is this. It says, grab a plate and throw it on the floor. Did it break? Yes? Okay, now tell it you're sorry. Good. Now, did it unbreak? No. Now you understand. Okay, that's that was what it was talking about, is the fact that you throw a plate down and it breaks, and when you say you're sorry, nothing changes. And as I looked at that picture, I realized that I had a multitude of reactions to it and responses to it. And as my wife and I were talking about it, I was thinking about how strong these metaphors are, that they can become viral. But how we choose our metaphors is important because if we don't choose carefully, the metaphor can make us get stuck. Rather than freeing us up or giving us new ways of thinking, it can actually actually lock us down. That's my concern with this meme, that in some ways it locks us down. So what is the truth of this meme? Well, the truth is if you do something, it's going to hurt somebody. Your actions have ramifications. My actions have ramifications, and it ripples through everywhere. You know, if we do good things, there are good ripples. But if we do something hurtful, there are bad ripples. And and so what we do has a bearing. We We can cause harm, and even though we hope we can get beyond it, even though we hope we can apologize to that person, it may not just go back to normal. So that's what's right about this meme. That's what's correct about this meme, that when we do something, we can cause injury that is not necessarily healed immediately upon apologizing. But I want to go the other way. What if you're the plate? Or more likely, are you stuck by the idea of being that plate? That there's a danger to seeing yourself as the plate that can be broken and then can't be fixed. That there's something inherent in not being able to be fixed because something shatters you, something hurts you. And and what I've noticed over my career is that's not a good metaphor. Now, over my career, what I've done is mended, help, it, help people mend their relationships with other people and mend relationships with themselves. Now, I've been a part of the mending process. And I want to be clear, not the fixing process. I wasn't trying to put super glue to the plate. I was trying to mend and heal. And that's a difference. Long ago, when I was working on my dissertation, it seems like forever ago when I was working on my dissertation, one of my real critiques of therapy is it's kind of mechanistic, by which I mean that it treats everything like a machine, that something's broken, and so you have to take something out and put something new in. And that dates back, way back into the days of psychology, really basically back to Freud, where Freud built his whole theory on a steam engine. 
And that steam engine, you know, if you've ever thought about someone saying, you know, I've got all this, this pent up pressure. I got to get the pressure out. I've got to let off some steam, as we say. Well, that's because Freud gifted us with this metaphor that we're like a steam engine, that if it all pressure, all that pressure builds up, it could blow out. And so we've got to find some release valve, right? Well, we're not like a machine. We're not like a plate. We're much more, our psyche, our, our self is much more like our body. So what happens if something cuts you, something injures you? Well, sometimes the injury can be so great that it is devastating, but most of the time, our daily injuries, those things that we do to ourselves that we look back and go, what was I thinking, leaves us with a scar, but it heals. The body becomes functional again. And so this this idea that when we get injured, our body just heals itself. In fact, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with doctors that tell me that their primary job is to give the body a chance to heal, to give the body a chance to bring back wholeness and and to find some way of dealing with the devastation of that injury. And their biggest thing they can do is keep their the infection away, uh, keep the complications away, uh, keep all the dangers around that process so the body can do what bodies naturally do. They heal. And so does our psyche. So does our self as long as we see it that way, as long as we allow that to happen. And so as you think about that, think about what that means about the scars that we carry with us, those psyche scars that we carry with us. Think about it much more like an injury. Now, think maybe even like an illness, and those things go away. Now, here's the problem. In the midst of the injury or illness, it can feel like nothing's ever going to change. My wife will tell you that I'm not a very good patient. And sometimes when I am feeling bad, I make threats and I make promises that they're really impossible for me to carry out. But I sure make them and I sure mean them in that moment. Some years back, I had a pretty severe case of food poisoning and I swore to her that I would never eat again, that it was so violent and so awful that I would never eat again. And I remember saying it over and over to her. And like most illnesses that I have, I recovered pretty quickly. And so by the next day, what was I doing? I was baking, breaking my promise or breaking my threat to never eat again by eating. And, and I think it's a lot like that when something really hurts us. If our first reaction is, I will never get over this. I will never forgive this person. I will never be able to let this go. I will never be able to do that again. And that's our immediate feeling. But if we capture that feeling, if we assume that we're the plate, we may never try again. We ne- may never let the healing happen because we get caught by that idea that we can never let it go, that we're, we're shattered, that we're broken. Rather than seeing that we have a natural healing that takes place, a natural process in our body, that doesn't mean that we're left with no marks on our psyche. You know, like back to the human body, when you injure yourself, you might have a scar. I've got scars all over my body, and one of my favorite definitions of a scar is it's a tattoo with a story, right? So I've got lots of stories that I could tell about accidents and, and things that have injured me and stupid actions I've taken and, and crazy things that have happened to me uh, that may have scared me to death and, and may have even been dangerous to me, and yet all I have now is a mark. And those are stories I can tell, but they're not the story of me. They're just stories I can tell about injuries and and a lot of stupid things I've done in my life. So the process is to let that healing happen and let it be just a scar. Let it be just a mark. You see, when I'm working with people, when I'm helping them rebuild that relationship with others or with themselves, 
I'm not the mechanic. I'm sitting with them while they're processing their emotions and processing their thoughts and arriving in a place where they're healing. I'm much more like the gardener trying to bring out the best of a plant, trying to bring out the best of a soil, trying to bring out the best of what could grow in that area by making sure that it, you know, that the process is there, that the food is there, the nurturance is there, the right elements are there, that I prune back what needs to be pruned back. And we try to create something beautiful as it grows out. Stories can define us unless we realize that they don't have to define us. Sometimes they just flavor us. Sometimes they just give our our life dimensions that we weren't aware of without being the place where it defines us. Have you ever met those people who have one central story of their life that that one tragedy or one instance becomes them? It's not that it happened to them. It becomes them. It's a natural tendency for us to want to pull back and define ourselves by that. But I remember at the hospital, there was a difference between people who said, I have cancer or I'm suffering from cancer and the ones who said I'm a cancer victim. There was a difference in how they personalized that. Were they victimized by that? Absolutely. But they found a place to say, this is something that I have. This is something that's affecting me, but it's not who I am. And it goes through life as things happen. Tragedies happen. You know, we often don't get to choose those events that come our way. They just happen. They, they rear end us and catch us by surprise and hurt us and lead to pain and lead to great injury sometimes. Psychic energy, uh, injury. And yet they heal when we realize that that's what we do. We decide to move past the story, let the story be a part of our past, learn our lessons from the story, but move forward. They can flavor us, those stories, but they don't have to define us. We have a chance every day to let go of the stories that we've allowed to define us. There's an interesting word. I used it a couple of minutes ago. Decide. Think about that word decide. If you've never really thought about that word, decide. Notice that it kind of rhymes with some other words like homicide or suicide, which the I-D-E is to kill off, the C-I-D-E, that side, right? It's to kill off, decide, to decide, to cut it away, to kill it off. And so part of what we're doing is deciding what pieces of our past we bring with us into the future, into the present and the future, and what we decide to leave back there. Not that we pretend they didn't happen, but we don't let them define us. We just let them be a piece of who we've been and a piece of who we are with maybe some empathy towards other people in similar situations. We might have a new understanding of the world, a new understanding of who we need to be around and who we need to avoid. I mean, there are great lessons in those hurts. The danger is not in learning a lesson. The danger is in defining yourself instead of learning the lesson. Defining yourself captures you to that story. And then you give it energy. And so that story that could have just passed gains energy, gains power, gains you, takes away your life, robs you of other possibilities simply because you continue to define yourself by that story instead of deciding to leave that story in the past. To take the the scars ahead, and sometimes you might even tell that story. And you might tell it in an interesting way about how it made you change your views of the world, but it didn't have to define you. So decide what it is that you need to let go of. Decide what you want to bring with you into the present and into the future. 
And when you do that, you allow that healing to come in. The parts that are hurt fall away. The parts that are injured begin to heal. And sure, you're always going to have that scar, but that scar doesn't have to define you and it doesn't have to be who you are, only a part of you, only a part of your psyche. Don't let it become the story. Choose how it's simply a story. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you build a thriving life. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it.